Johnny, why are you so sad, man? You're so down. We just lost a tag team title to the two biggest losers ever, Mikey Wolfrack kid and Marty, what's his name? Oh, come on, man. But we have the smartest manager in all of the WWF, Johnny Dirty Dog. He already has gotten us a tag team rematch next week at Madison Square Garden. I, I, I'm still, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you're the man. Ha ha ha. The Hey, dirty dog, I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. The sleepover has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, Event Status Radio. They're recording again. Aha. Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do? From Richmond, Virginia, recorded live in the Smelly Moon Coliseum. <laughs> this is Many Event Status Radio. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy, and joining me in the Smelly Moon Coliseum boardroom, live once again, is a man representing the 90210 from Beverly Hills, California. Is Mister Beverly Hills? Beverly, what's happening this week? I'm I'm confused about this smelling moon coliseum. I can't find any record of it. Well, when I only look, on like Rasta. Well, because that's what I found out. Because you know I always look at the results for each episode of Raw. For I know who the jobbers are. I know where we're at. That's what I got was that we're in the smelling room coliseum. Smelling room. That's weird, dude. So, besides feeling weird because where we're at, how are you doing, Mr. Beverly Hills? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm totally just thrown off by this. I'm happy we're live in studio once again for another week. I we're, know it came up two weeks in a row. God. Uh, it was great to see you two weekends in a row. Th- I know. Thank you for coming up. It touches the dirtiest of dirty hearts. Oh, that's, yeah, you would be about touching dirty hearts. So we are in the second week of our Road to WrestleMania 10 series. Last week was fun. Our series is fun. We're reviewing the 47th edition of Monday Night Raw from January 10th, 1994. And this is our 43rd episode, Mr. Beverly Hills, even though with all the special cast and actors we've done, yeah. it's like somewhere in the 70s, close to pushing 80 episodes. Yeah. All that fun stuff. So... Are you finding more information? No. Okay. Corey Myruku for this edition of Monday Night Raw. The Quebecers defend the WWE Take Team Championship against Marty Jannetty and the 1-2-3 Kid. Bam Bam Bigelow, The Undertaker, and more. (laughs) No, the Quebecers do not defend against the teams of Bam Bam Bigelow, The Undertaker. You know, those guys would be there and more. So, I'm excited for this edition. The show opens up kind of differently like... Last week, Mr. Beverly Hills. Raw opens up with with the Raw Sire and Vince walking us to the anniversary show. This is the first at Raw anniversary. Yes, it is. Fun stuff. Yeah. Then we see the video. It's pan- cool. I don't know. This was another cool year. We got this uh, Raw anniversary show, which is cool. And just like last week, we had something different open up Raw instead of just the opening theme. 
that yeah, Vince welcomes us. Then we get a video package for Janetti versus Polo. Setting up, setting up, you know, where the kid and Marty challenge Polo for the tag team titles, which review, we reviewed last week, which we'll see the tag team title match this week on Raw. Then we get a promo from the Quebecers. So much evil laughing. Wow. It, was, it was like three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> I I loved it. That yeah, that that the Quebecers said they're gonna squash the kid and Marty like bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're nothing but a warm up match. <laughs> they're, all, they're all just they're all Then we get the opening promo and the theme song, and that siren again. So it's that exact siren, <laughs> which I love that you laugh. <laughs> then Vince welcomes us back to the show, and according to Vince, he says we're in the Richmond Coliseum. Oh, okay. See, I know what the Richmond Coliseum is. I don't know why. It said that we're in the Smelling Room Coliseum. This, yeah. So when I when I googled Smelling Moon Coliseum, all that came up was different things about this Raw and the Raw, the subsequent weeks of Raw. I know what the Richmond Coliseum is. The Richmond Coliseum is a famous venue in Virginia. Okay, tell me about that. Well, that's that's something that goes back many years, and now it's kind of fallen out of favor, just because other arenas have been built. But it was the go-to. Um, in the city of, of Richmond and definitely in the state of Virginia. Okay, then. Yeah, after Vince welcomes us to Richmond in the Richmond Coliseum. The Jacksons were the first people that performed at the Richmond Coliseum. We hear... Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. All that fun stuff. We get the macho man. Yeah, he's wearing a raw jacket. I was going to say, I love his black and white tights with stars and all that on it and his Monday Night Raw jacket. And I wish we can figure out who does, who did his jacket for we can get many of them status radio jackets just like Macho Man's Monday Night Raw jacket. And Vince and the crowd seem pumped to have Mountain be the color commentator for this week. Yes. So I know we kind of talked a lot about, some about Johnny Polo last yeah. week. What's your thoughts on having Macho Man as a color commentator this week? You know, I still think it's cool that they rotated through, and Macho's a great commentator. Yeah. You know, he has his, his faults, he has his kind of ups and downs, but I do like him overall. You know, he, like I said, he has his one-liners, but, you know, with the... This being the one-year anniversary of Monday Night Raw, it was nice to go back to one, yeah. of, the, one of the first commentators on Raw with Macho Man. Right. You know, he has a lot of history on pay-per-views as a colored commentator, wrestling yeah. in nine, you know, on Raw and different show, other WWF television shows. So it was nice to see Macho Man out for this week. Yes. Even though I kind of miss Johnny Polo already, but it's nice, <laughs> it nice to get a face colored commentator this sure. week. Sure. Then yeah, when uh, when Macho was posed, and Vince runs down for the matches for the night, which I didn't take down. So <laughs> then we get the first match of the night, Mister Beverly Hills, okay. which I had to open up my other main event status, Mel Yellow. It is for the WWF Tag Team Championships. The Quebecers, the champions, with their manager, my favorite color commentator so far on the Road to WrestleMania 10 series, Johnny Polo, yes. take on. Um, the 22-year-old kid, one, two, three kid, <laughs> and Marty, what's his name? Marty Jannetty. I thought it was so funny when they came out. Um, Marty Jannetty. Oh, here's, here's your main events. Yeah. Uh, your main event seven up. Yep. Yeah. 
So Marty Jannetty just says Marty Jannetty. One yeah, for the kid. One two three is in quotation marks, and then it just says kid. So it's like one two three kid. Well, this ties in with what I was saying last week about his his Not tights. Just his kid. Yeah, his, the kid on his butt on of, of his tights. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. And yeah, I was kind of talking about it last week with how frail kids' thighs look. <laughs> I noticed that a lot. I noticed that a lot when we get the. I guess the frontal of the kid, which sounds dirty. We see his front and his tights, and we we see one, two, three written out on the front part of his tights on his legs. That's when I really notice more that his legs look super thin, Mister Beverly Hills. I prefer not to talk anymore about the full frontal of the one, two, three kid. I'll not talk. Okay, I'll I will promise I'll not bring up China's pornos to you on the podcast. So, what's your thoughts on the short entrance aisle that we got for this Raw? I didn't notice it. Okay, I, I also noticed it. I really well enjoyed it. I liked how the entrance stage was like at a 135 degree angle to the corner of the ring. 135 degree? Why wouldn't you just say a 45 degree angle? Because it wasn't at a 45 degree angle. To one corner it would have been. Well, if you look at it, it's more like a 135 degree angle from a corner. <laughs> I don't, one of them, but yes. the other one would just be 45. Not necessarily. In this case, it was. <laughs> whatever. I'm not a math major, not a math major, whatever. You don't teach math classes. But I know what angles. But it won't be a 45 degree angle. Okay, dry it out for me, Mr. Okay, Beverly Hills. Here it is. Here's the deal. Okay. Okay. So like, here's the ring. This, this, is, this is this is great audio, by the way. This is fantastic. Here. So here's the square. Yes, right? that's the ring. So, the the entrance ramp right. Yes. Right? How is it 45 degree angle? From this. Okay. So right here. Is, oh, that's 45 40, degree. 45. So approach 45 degrees to like the fans. Yeah. Kind of okay. Well, just the fact that it's like a, a sideways angle. Okay. To me, you, you are correct that right here the. I guess to it would be one. One of that I g- supplementary angle. Would yeah, be I yeah. guess to me this would I consider that to be 135. Okay. Sure. So, sorry, I might. You know what? I should take a picture You're of that. Both correct, actually. I, I'm gonna take a picture of that. I'm gonna post that picture up with the podcast, <laughs> for the listeners can know what we were just arguing about. <laughs> As most arguments we have, meaningless and but and also. At the end of the day, we agree. And <laughs> it's one of those where it, it was an argument where we didn't even have to have it because we're both correct. Because we both like, because that's yeah. what friends do, right? We have yeah, pointless that's arguments. True. That's true. Let's get back to it. Okay. Johnny Polo, I loved his attire for this edition of Money Run Run. He was wearing a flannel suit jacket and, flan- oh, and flannel shorts. But not the same pattern. No. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. And, and I guess I didn't notice, you know, the, the Quebecers is in their normal attire. Yeah. Kid was too, so was Marty Jannetty. He was yeah. wearing like a rocker's attire. Basically. So I'll kick it to you for the match. All right, so there's one really annoying fan who is like screaming through the whole thing, just ah, ah, <laughs> through the whole like match, and it's pretty awful. Um, let's see. So Marty starts out, starts out early with a nice kind of victory roll for, for two, and the, the early portion is, you know, Marty's kind of catching them. 
off guard. Uh, yep, he had another almost roll up. Yeah, to me, it shows me the importance of winning a match to start out with, and two, show me the importance of winning the t- the titles. Well, it also shows that the Quebecers are coming in sloppy. They're coming in lazy. They're the which plays off what yep, we saw last exactly. week. Exactly, they're the champs who don't really care about the outcome, whatever, whatever. That kind of thing. Um, one, two, three, kid came in, and they, you know, there was a nice one, two, three, one, two, three chant from the fans, which I thought was really cool. Like this, they were, they were really into this match. And, and I, this is right around the time when, besides the promo that we got last week, this is right around the time when I noticed that the kid looks super skinny. Oh, okay. Especially against. Okay, what the kid looking skinny? Let's Especially compared to when, it. especially compared to when he was in the ring with Pierre, when Pierre is a little bit of the chunkier Quebecers. Yeah, he's he's the short, the more stocky one, shorter and stocky. Yep. Um, did you did you say that kid hit like an awesome spinning wheel kick? Yes, he did. Time? Yeah, I didn't say it, but yes, you are correct. Then we got a double drop kick from the good guys that send sent the Quebecers out to to hug it out on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like that would be like us if we were, we were ever a tag team. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Marty does it. Like, they do kind of a cool double team move. Marty pulls uh, the kid over his shoulders and kind of power bombs him in, in, but into a drop kick. Yeah, which which, which really cool. I know, don't never seen double team moves like that. Which, like I said, looked awesome. It looked like he was gonna splash him, like you said. But kid turned it into a missile drop kick. Yeah, which is pretty sweet. Um. The Quebecers look like they're going to leave at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, they walked on the short entrance stage yes, aisle. 135 degrees. <laughs> um, and they go to commercial, and back from commercial, uh, we see that during the break, Marty got a three off of a super kick, but Jacques' foot was under the rope, so which we're the, still battling. Which the original referee didn't see, but a second Mark referee came, back yeah, came out and told the first referee what happened, and... The original referee started the match back up, which was nice that we see a possible finish during the commercial break. Yeah. That anything Even though it wasn't it was yeah it's a, cool. anything could happen during a commercial break. Uh-huh. And yeah. I guess I wanted to ask why don't why don't WWE referees do that nowadays? What that what we just talked about? Oh, I that, don't know. It's one of those things that isn't really like congruous whatever. from era to era, from show to show. It isn't the forty five degree angle that we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, they are not complementary or supplementary. <laughs> they, yeah, it. That's I don't know. That's logical. Like sometimes they, there are other refs watching. Sometimes there aren't. They 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 make it they make it work when they want it want it yeah, to work. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things. Okay, yeah. I um, wanted to ask. Oh, yeah, right on. I noted that the kid did an awesome diving yes. some moonsault, Launcher, somersault yeah. onto. I put the fat Quebecer, <laughs> so Pierre and, and all that, and I, I, it just that just made me smile. Like if I was the kid, I would do that to the fatter Quebecer because he has more cushion. Okay, then he went up again, but he got tossed down. And here, where we just get like a lot, really long kind of control segment on uh, the one, two, three kid. Here's where I noticed that I hate Vince McMahon's commentator voice. And by that, I mean, when he's talking like this for a next extended amount of period. Oh, and he got two and oh, no, 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 no. One, two, three, he got him. No. No, not that. No. Oh, just when he's, when he's like stretching his voice. Not yeah. just what he says. No, where he's 
At the top of his register, that I Make, hate that. makes makes sense. Yeah, yeah, not just his normal stuff. Because you know, I guess talking about McMahon in his commentator voice, going back, you know, Vince has been on and off Raw recently with after Roman Reigns won the WWE title okay, yeah. here in 2015, 2016, and Vince, the character Vince seems a lot different from the commentator Vince that okay. he uses different parts of his voice, which yeah. I can totally tell, which makes me go back and. I say, well, I'm watching this old row with a friend that knows the current Mr. McMahon character. Doesn't fully put two and two together that this is Mr. McMahon. Interesting. So, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to mention that that Mr. McMahon uses his voice differently. Right on. Um, so, during this control segment, I thought we really saw what made the Quebecers interesting. And, and they, when they were in control, they really did a lot of different things. Uh, some cool double team moves. We got uh, kind of a high low. Um, we got what they later called Le Bomb, which is when Jacques throws Pierre off the top. Which may, would make sense if it's called a Le Bomb. Yeah. Why? The fat guy is squashing him. No, no, it's just because it's a bomb. Whatever. It's, what, it doesn't even, it's a Whatever. <laughs> so um, I thought they, they just looked really cool in, uh, in control here. Um, and so after they hit the first bomb, they try for another one, um, but Marty <laughs> just runs across the ring, he's, out, he's on the outside, and he just comes in and stops it by super kicking Jacques <laughs> and throwing Pierre over the top rope, and I'm like, this should be a disqualification, how can Marty just, like, come in and interrupt all this stuff, but whatever, <laughs> I guess. So... Uh, Marty got the hot tag. He came in. And he looked awesome. I just wrote this at this point. I just had to. I think Marty Jannetty is extremely underrated and just one of the biggest kind of loss I, things I, in wrestling. I think we talked about this too when we yeah. first started out the podcast. Sure. We were doing random Ravi views that if Jannetty didn't have his drug addiction, you know, right around the time when him and Michaels broke up as a tag team, Jannetty could. Possibly could have been a couple time WWF champ if not. Could have had a short run with the WWF title right. in 96, 97, even when Michael's turned heel. Yeah. It would have been cool to go back to that feud and see what, you know, give Janetti a one pay per view title run or something just to see what, how the ratings would have done, how yeah. the fans would have reacted and all that. But yeah, right. sadly enough, his drug. The drug addiction got the best of him. Right. So the, the hot take had kind of led into the finish here with we get. Uh, they do a double suplex. Um, we get a top rope kind of splash combination, kind of a throw thing again. And we get new champs. Marty Janetti and the 1-2-3 kid are the new take team champions who won. And they celebrated with the fans. They jumped in the crowd. You're missing a part. What? Where Glory Hog, Macho Man Savage oh. gets in the ring. What the hell was that for? He wanted to celebrate you, with them. Yeah, I gotta get my pop. I can't let these two guys do it. I gotta be the one. Yeah, I gotta pop. I got my little yellow. You gotta seven up. Whatever. It was. I guess me trying to steal the moment like Macho Man yeah. did. Yeah, you were successful. So Macho ran in and wanted to celebrate. To me, that felt like Macho wanted to celebrate with his two friends, but that was I just. I think me. it looks like because he because he stayed in the ring longer than they did. Yeah, that's so true. Did the crowd the cheers, <laughs> which makes me laugh. I rated this match three stars. I went three and a half. The Quebec, like you said, the Quebecers, I feel like showed off why they were the best tag team 
in the division in the company at this time. Right. They helped showed off Marty Jannetty's and one, two, three kids' strengths, helped hide their weaknesses. And I'm interested to see where the one, two, three kid and Marty Jannetty will go as a take team in the series and as our take team champions. Right. So then, uh, yeah, like I said, people jumped to their feet. Monchman ran in, la di da da They went in the crowd. Fence sends us to a classic moment, since this is the first first anniversary of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And the classic moment, moment was when the kid defeated Razor Ramon with a moonsault out of nowhere. Well, I don't know. Have you talked about that moment much on the on the series or on the podcast? Sorry, which one again? The the one, two, three could do the moonsault out of nowhere. Yeah, we wa- we reviewed that. Okay, so great stuff. That raw, yeah. Then uh, we come uh, the events. Okay, okay. Vince sends us to Todd Pentgill for a Royal, Royal Rumble report, Todd but Todd Pentgill was stuck in the snow. Oh yes. So we get. Heck yeah! The white beat the white meat. Baby face from Norman, Oklahoma. I was like, what are you talking about? The white beach whale? <laughs> that, was, that was a rude comment. <laughs> Close enough. The oh. white meat baby face from Norman, Oklahoma. Jumping Jim I Ross. He, I love when Stone Cold said that. I, just, <laughs> I don't even listen to that, but but when I listen to a few episodes, the young white meat baby face from <laughs> Norman, Oklahoma, jumping Jim Ross always made me laugh. Yes. So Jim Ross approached the same thing that Ty Pentangale did the week before, which we talked about, but didn't come across as creeperly. Well, this he didn't do anything weird and, like, stare at the camera. I felt, you know, I was thinking about over the last week what made him so creepy, and I feel like a lot of it, he, he had a lot of these kind of, like, weird dead-air pauses where he would just be, like, staring at the camera. Kind of like what we were just doing right and now. And then he's going to talk more. And it just came across super creepy. <laughs> yeah, I see that. And to me, I feel like Jim Ross sold this Royal Rumble report more like it's a sports team. Yeah, sports, sports team. I think, match I think that we're about to I see. I think you're extrapolating what you think Jim Ross does. Fair enough. Yes, fair enough. I think you're using your your own outside knowledge okay. to make that. To me, this Royal Rumble report did feel different from last week. I feel like. This seems more like legitimate than what Todd tried to sell last week. Okay. Could be just me. Could be my 2016 and eyes. You're using your outside knowledge. So like you you know what Jim Ross does, and you're using that. Too. Boomer sooner. Yeah. So Jim Ross, you know, ran down the Royal Rumble card. We have what? three added. We have okay. three people added. Who are the three guys added? Um, Lex Luger, Luger and then Mister Fuji's mercenaries. Tenru and the Great Kabuki. That's the Great Kabuki from WCCW yep. fame, right? Yes. That's what Same I thought. Yep. Then uh, then Jim Ross runs down through the, through the card. Well, you said every title was on the line, but the take team titles just to a chance, so the Quebecers will still take on the hearts. Yes. No matter what. Yep. So, yep. Which was nice. So, Then JR tells us to call our cable, cable provider to order the show. Yes, JR, I will. <laughs> you got it, man. Then we get a iGroup Pro commercial with Razor. Yep. Then um, then we get a uh, Macho Man Slim Jim commercial. Okay. And then we get Luga, Ludwig Borga yes. c- comes out. Then we go to another commercial. Sorry, Ludwig. Ludwig, whatever. Ludwig. You're Lud with your boring Borga name. Then we get a commercial for another flashback from Raw, where Jerry Lawler and Tiny Tim were together. 
for the King's Court and... And it Jer- ends with Jerry Lawler smashing Tiny Tim's ukulele. Okay, I know I don't know much about Tiny Tim because I'm in a wrestling bubble, but <laughs> what was Tiny Tim's popularity? He was the fringiest, most novelty star ever. He had one song, which you may have heard, Tiptoe Through the Tulips. <laughs> I think I probably, yeah. So that was his one quasi-hit. He was able to turn that one semi-hit into like 40 years of popularity. He would go on Johnny Carson a lot. He got married on Johnny Carson. And this is his thing. He come. He went on wherever variety shows or whoever would have him. Yeah. He'd come sing his one song, play his ukulele. That's it. Oh, so he weighs kind of like kind of was like the honky tonk man. No, no. More like think about the just terrible celebrities that they have on Fair Raw enough. now. Okay. Makes sense. You know those kind of guys where you're like, where you're even like, is this guy popular? And then you ask someone who like knows celebrities, they're like, no. Okay, <laughs> those Make, kind of makes guys. sense. So then we get our next matchup, which we kind of talked about somewhat. Ludwig Borga take on Brad Anderson. And the match was already underway. I assume started during the commercial break because Ludwig Borga was bored of the... Ludwig Borga was bored of my mispronunciation and all that fun jazz. Yes. So do you know anything about Yes, I do. Okay, who is this Brad Armstrong? Brad Anderson is Gene Anderson's son of the Andersons, Gene and Oli, okay? That's cool. So Brad Anderson probably had his most most popularity as Zan Panzer in the early 90s of WCW, Um, but a guy who parlayed the fact that his dad was a popular wrestler and a bigger wrestler his own. So, kind of like David David San Martino. Sure. To Bruno San Martino. Along the same lines, okay. I guess, to a much lesser degree, but yeah. Okay, then I feel... And hey, I'm not done. I'm sorry. Brad Anderson owns a hair salon on the side, okay? <laughs> Is that, that so explains to know that. That explains your, hair, your new hairdo for, for this week. Yep. I went to Brad Anderson's... <laughs> Studio 416 in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina. Woo! <laughs> so, to me, this match was, wasn't about Ludwig Borga or Brad Anderson. This match was all about Lux Luger being on the telephone. That yeah. only notes I really have was this match was Lux Luger's on the phone. He put over Marty and the kid winning the tag team titles. Put over... Uh, he's going to be in the Rumble match. That's about it. Yeah, and, and like, you could tell, I think, Ludwig knew that that was happening in the background because this was a very slow-paced match, not a lot uh, going on. Um, just very slow kick-punch style. Um, we just clubbing blows. Big side slam, and then he finishes him in the torture act. Yeah, and... This was a UG of a match because yeah, it was. in the torture act that was Lux Luger, the finish maneuver in WCW. Not this time. Yeah, not yeah. Time. yeah. You know, in other companies and all right. that. So, winner was Ludwig Borga. I read this match a dud. Star. I to me this was just boring, and I felt like this was more about Lux Luger being be announced in the Royal Rumble. Sure, <laughs> whatever. So, and I wanted to, we kind of touched a little bit about it last week, and we're going to talk about it this week. 
What did Vince see in Lord Ludwig Borga? You know, I think he wanted somebody to go against uh, Luger as his foreign counterpart, and you know, Tony Helmy was the guy. He's a he's a pretty big guy. He's he had some highlights in Japan ish, not a lot, but you know, some and. So he grabbed him and brought him in. Because I felt like little I've seen of Ludwig Borga, I found him to be extremely boring. But matches like what we matches with like what we saw doesn't help things out. Yeah. So then uh, Vince sends us sends us to a clip from this past weekend on WWF Superstars where. Yokozuna. Okay, Yokozuna won. Uh, I didn't say who, but I didn't pick out who. But Yoko won a uh, handicap match. He bonsai dropped both his opponents, which oh. looked, which looked. Oh. I felt bad for the bottom guy. I felt bad for both. Yeah, because both Ooh. feel un- uncomfortable. Oof, that looked rough. Especially in tights. Oof. Oh, I think in any any attire. Then during the victory celebration, the lights go out and. Paul Bear is over the house, Mike. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's on the screen. So what happens when Paul Bear is on the screen? He's he's just again saying that Undertaker's making a double wide, double deep. <laughs> double uh, wide, double deep. Yep, casket. And he said that Yoko Ozuna made a mistake in uh, you know, giving them this chance to put in their own claws. Because so... I guess the deal that kind of was just explained now was that because the Camp Cornette side got to put in the clause of this being the only time that Undertaker gets a title match, then Undertaker got to put in his own clause and that he made the casket match. Which makes me sense, you know, if this is going to be the only title shot Undertaker's going to get, he should, be in, he should get something get some, something in return, which is his match. A double deep, double wide yes. casket match. Right, right. So, which I I, I really liked that. You know, Undertaker said that he, I don't make mistakes; <laughs> I just bury them. Oh yeah, that's right. So, pretty much says he does make mistakes, but he just covers it up. Rotting flesh, you calling on to <laughs> Which made me laugh. Yeah. Then we get a commercial break, and we come back with another flashback of Doink the Clown. <laughs> With a bucket of water, act like he's going to pour water on the macho mane, but splashing it on Bobby the Brain Heaton. Yes. So, which makes me smile. Then we then we come back with the Undertaker making his way to the ring. Yeah. Is the Undertaker taking on Ray Hudson? Yes. Do you know anything about, no, nothing about Ray no, Hudson? It's, it's just just YouTube clips. Okay, then uh, we are told that the Undertaker never lost a casket match. Right, foreshadowing. And McMahon <laughs> and Macho predict that the Undertaker will walk into WrestleMania 10 and walk in, walk, just walk through a Roto WrestleMania 10 series as WWF champion. Double foreshadowing. So we'll see. So I'll kick it to you for this match. All right, man. Uh, it's all Undertaker. Total squash. My my only highlights outside of just the finish is that we got McMahon. Um, saying that John Madden uh, might come <laughs> to the WWF because he was a big free agent at the what? time uh, announcing. Why. How well do you think John Madden would have done calling at least one wrestling match? He wouldn't have made as, nearly as much money as he made. Fair enough, football. especially in the lull of 
Russell yeah. in the mid-90s. And then also, uh, McMahon suggests that Undertaker accompany Bill Clinton on his worldwide tour to intimidate <laughs> other foreign leaders. That's funny. Which may have actually worked. Which I, I did note that I guess this coming up weekend, the Undertaker will unveil his double-wide casket. Yes. McMahon is excited to see it. So to me, this poses a question, Mr. Beverly Hills, and you drink your 7-Up. Is McMahon excited to see someone be stuffed alive in a double yes. wheat, double wide casket? Yes. So that makes McMahon a sick freak. <laughs> I think that's established. <laughs> Fair I enough. I think that point is is well established at this, at this <laughs> juncture. So let's talk about the finish since that's really the only other notes we have. All right. So we got we first get a choke slam that Ray that Ray Hudson does not go very well for. He gets about. Yeah. The card length of the, of the floor. And I don't know what Macho shouted out when he hit the choke slam. Awesome! <laughs> okay, and then we get uh, Tombstone. Which Macho yelled, Good night! <laughs> the Undertaker covers the arms and scores a victory. Yes. I rate this match half a star. Half a star for me as well. Uh, it was a normal squash match. The Tombstone looked awesome. Chokes him not so much, not so much. but was one word of notes when sort of chokes him and tombstone made it that much more enjoyable for me. <laughs> and I just, I just really want one of those foam urns. I, <laughs> really, I really do. Then Vince sends us to last week on Raw, which we reviewed on how Bam, which up the Bam Bam for Sebastian Booger match. Okay. So if you guys want to hear our thoughts, go back and rewatch whoop, 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 to that episode. Yeah, that's right. And we get a commercial on Raw. Come back. We get a commercial building up, Macho Man Randy Savage versus IRS yep, next week, yep. next week on Raw. Then we get this advertised match for a week build. Bam Bam Bigelow with his main squeeze, Luna Fashan take on Bastin Booger. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, Mr. Beverly Hills, right, what did Bastin Booger do to get this jobber entrance? Oh, I don't know. I noticed that too. I'm like, oh, okay, Bastion Booger's in the ring, I guess. He must be because Kevin Dunn was upset that Luna was hitting on Bash instead of him. Why? I don't know why. Maybe Kevin Dunn's a little lonely. I don't know. No, why? But wait, what does that do to anything? Kevin Dunn's pissed off that Luna wasn't hitting on him. Really? Is I that a true thing or what? Just my 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 imagination. Just to throw in Kevin Dunn my imagination going through this. Okay. All right. So whatever. Okay. So Bam Bam starts out pretty quickly here. Yeah. Jumps in and attacks Booger right away. Um, this I notice Booger takes such little steps when he's running <laughs> across the ring. He tiptoes through the tulips, if you will. <laughs> he t- he tiny tims his way yes. around the ring. Right. So, but Bam Bam, Bam did miss a, uh, an elbow, or no, sorry, Booger missed an elbow, and then Bam Bam choked him. Um, he threw Booger threw Bam Bam outside of the ring. He hit his head really hard on the edge of the ring. I thought that looked pretty bad. Um, so Luna's doing her part. She's kind of like enticing Bastion Booger. She's like blowing him kisses and like smiling at him and stuff. And this is like where I noticed. I was like, man, you know what? Luna's actually kind of cute, yeah. but like she's always like making ugly faces and, and she's got like the tattooed head and, and stuff. And when she does a groggly. With the voice, a McMahon-esque yeah. voice with that. Yeah. It's just unattractive. Yes. But, right. like you said, there's at times when Luna comes across very attractive yeah. for mid-90s 
And if we were single and, well, I'm still single, but if we were single then, we may have hooked up with Luna. Oh, God, no, no. Well, I may have, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, when they were outside and all that, it made me laugh when Bastion was laying on the steps. Look, <laughs> looked like he was, like, trying to take a nap, and Bam Bam and Luna, <laughs> Bam, Bam and Luna were bothering him when he was trying to take his nap. <laughs> At least it made me laugh, like, when they were attacking him, that Bastion was laying, just laying there like, leave me alone, yes, let me take did. a nap. You're totally right. Because he was, like, beached, and he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't, like, moving. You're so right. He's like a beach whale, beached up, up on the steel steps. Who are you, you going to call him, beach whale? <laughs> Jim <laughs> Ross. Like Jim, Ross. Jim Ross could be his manager. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> God. So, <laughs> so, that's... so, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> take, so take back a in the ring, so Bam Bam tries for a slam, but Bam Bam is too fat, so he pulls like he a like falls down. I put like a WrestleMania three spot. Yeah, kind it's Hogan of. and Andre. Yeah, this is really Hogan and Andre. Like, <laughs> well, why not? Uh, worst approximation of Hogan and Andre. I am so, horrible at then, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm not giving. I'm not even giving you crap about that. I'm just saying like. To compare Bastion Booger <laughs> and Bam Bam Bigelow to Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. It, that's why I thought of when I saw that <laughs> spot. Hilarious. I'm sorry. That's funny. So then he does it again and hits the slam. Uh, and then Bam Bam hits the top rope headbutt. And it's over. Really quick, I felt like just the final sequence is like boom, 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 boom. And now we're over. Yeah, so the winner is Bam Bam Bigelow. To me, this was another dud. To me, this felt like a squash match for Bam Bam Bigelow, trying to build Bam Bam up for whatever. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I went two and a quarter. I thought it was all right, but it's a weird situation in general. And to me... One week build, you know. And we know how the Dirty Dog notices people's attires. Sure. And I'm surprised until after the match, I finally realized, noticed what Luna was wearing. Oh, I thought you finally noticed what Bastion Booger was wearing. <laughs> I noticed Luna's... Duster that she was wearing, okay. like a sleeveless hooded duster. If I yeah. remember correctly, the inside was red, but the outside was black. Yes. And she had leather, yeah. and she had studs like yes. around the neck. Yep, it was kind of sexy. Oh, he's into it. Uh oh. Well, I like to be into it back in '94. Yeah. No, not so much. Awesome. Then after the match, Luna slapped Booger, and Bam Bam attacked him again for talking to her. Which I can't blame him if somebody was t- trying to hit a mind main squeeze. Hell yeah, dude. And she was rubbing his lump, his hump, whatever. Then we get another commercial for the WWF Rage in the Cage game for Sega CD. We talked about it last week. <laughs> yeah, we both didn't play it. Sega sucks, so suck it, Sega. Oh, my. We come back from commercial and Vince sends us to the Quebecers. Yes. Johnny Polo seems to be crying about losing the take titles. So sad. I would be too if I was Johnny Polo. <laughs> then, uh, then they were saying that you know they would get a, they were getting a rematch at Madison Square Garden and they will walk into the Rumble with the take team titles. This was just a hiccup. Yes, right. And so then they resumed their evil laughing. Yeah. Then after that, Macho <laughs> proclaimed sour grapes. <laughs> 
about them. I didn't notice like any of these macho lines, so I'm really glad you did. Sour grapes, yeah. So yeah, macho pronounced that that sour grapes that the Quebecers are getting a rematch for their tag team titles, which only makes sense since they were the tag team champions. Former sour grapes. So awesome. Good night, sour grapes. I wish we could get like a macho soundboard. It'd be awesome for like when it'd be awesome like when I go to bed, you know, when Mama D's waking up to go to work the next day. I wish I can say awesome. sour grapes. Good night. Yeah, right. Just, yeah, she's going to good night. <laughs> sour grapes. I shut the door. Yeah. That's awesome. Then we get another flashback, which to me, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> sorry that the de- <laughs> my dad just attacked Mister Beverly Hills. Oh, so, kind of place you run up here. So, this raw flashback is to me. I feel like would be your main event, Mister Beverly Hills. Oh God, your shirt done. We see a we see a raw flashback with Kamala that just turned on Kimchi, chasing him around the Manhattan Center. <laughs> what was your thoughts on that raw flashback? Well, Babyface Kamala is like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I th- I know you'd be happy when when I saw that. Then uh, you see that we after that we came back live and Macho was putting over his match next week against IRS. Yes. Then IRS came down. This is you know is this is this maybe emblematic of this era? I guess we'll see through the rest of these with these weird kind of like one week build yeah. stuff. And I mean whatever for raw matches, it's better than just at the beginning of the. Episode just be like, hey, Macho Man's facing IRS. Like, whatever, like it's giving yeah. something to it. So that's cool. So it was nice that we're but, getting something about uh, like IRS. Yeah, okay. it's very random. Like IRS is embroiled in this. Um, I am happy in the Razor Ramon feud. I am happy IRS did not come down and call everybody in this um, smelling moon coliseum that they're nothing but mark. but they're nothing but smelling mooning. Tax sheets. And here's where I can say what is smell. It sounds like butt stuff. Smelling noon. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, the IRS came down and was starting to cut a promo. So oh, got- sorry. Let me. So er, before the before the Bash and Booger, Bam Bam Bagel match, I saw the cake on the table and I went, <laughs> uh oh. Yes. Someone's going into that cake. Tell tell me about this cake. What, so what? it's a sheet cake and it says. Raw happy first anniversary. It was like black or whatever. No, it, was, it was white on top, but it had some black on it. Yeah. Then IRS came down and said he doesn't want to party with the macho, <laughs> which IRS is that boring because who doesn't want to party, oh my God, party with a macho? We want to party with a macho. We want to party with a macho. Awesome. <laughs> Sour grapes. <laughs> good night. Good night. Then, good night. So pretty much what happened was Macho grabbed the cake and smashed it in IRS's face. Yes. And the crowd just goes wild. Yes. What a way to build up the match for next week. <laughs> what a way. What what a way. What a way. What a way. So we might also take a quick break and we come back with our thrilling conclusion. We have to take a break. The tape machines are rolling as always. If the match ends during the break, we'll show you what happened. If not, hang on to your seats. We'll be back. Coming after Rahal. Messing with the roundhouse and right back. Oh, oh my goodness. Put on the plate, Trey Hudson. Now to the canvas. Awesome. 
we're here back. I'm the Docs Dimas here with Dusty Hills. And today, we aren't talking about my trucks, trucks, trucks. We aren't talking about Marty's Pepsi. We aren't talking about time. We aren't talking about podcast, Daddy. We are talking about art. Oh, baby, art. Art can be everything, baby. Yeah, art is like me in the ring. Art is like, I'm buying a van today. You know, I'm buying a van from Mr. Stamis here. I'm going to get a big mural on the side. I'm going to get me riding a unicorn to space, baby. Do the art. Do the Stamis. Good night. Let's take you now to Todd Pettengill and the Royal Rumble Report. Well, Vince, Todd is snowed in tonight, but I'm happy to be here with your Royal Rumble Report here on Monday Night Raw. Hello again, everyone. I'm Jim Ross. How often have you heard the expression, anything can happen on Monday Night Raw? Well, let me take it one step farther. Anything can happen here in the WWF, and it just did. New tag team champions. Folks, it's unbelievable. Let's turn our attention to the 1994 WWF Royal Rumble. We're just under two weeks away from the most exciting pay-per-view spectacular of the new year. Saturday night, January 22nd, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, live from the sold-out Providence Civic Center. It's going to be great, folks. And let's start by talking about the Royal Rumble match itself. Many say the most exciting, guaranteed hour on television. It starts with two men in the ring, and every two minutes, a new superstar joins the fray. The only way you are eliminated is by going over the top rope and your feet landing on the floor. The last wrestler in the ring is declared the winner and is granted a shot at the WWF champion, whomever that may be, at the very prestigious WrestleMania 10. All 30 names have been announced. Let's run the card. Former Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels. His bodyguard, Diesel. Doink the Clown. The hitman, Bret Hart. His brother, Owen Hart. Bam Bam Bigelow, who is scheduled to appear here later against another Royal Rumble participant, Bastion Booger. Billy of the Smoking Guns. His brother, Bart. The model, Rick Martell. From Kona, Hawaii, Crush. Tatanka, Adam Bomb, Samu and Fatu of the Head Shrinkers, former two-time WWF champion Macho Man Randy Savage, the man who ended Tatanka's winning streak, Ludwig Borga, the would-be country music sensation, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, new tag team champions, the 1-2-3 Kid and Marty Jannetty, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the great veteran, Scott Steiner, his brother Rick Steiner, the Ugandan giant Kamala, Mo from Men on a Mission, and his partner Mabel, Bob Backlund, and thanks to many of you, Lex Luger, plus two mercenaries from Mr. Fuji, Tenru, and the great Kabuki. Just remember, in the WWF Royal Rumble, there are no friends, partners, or brothers, just enemies. It's truly every man for himself. Folks, I can't wait. Now, then in addition to that fantastic match, every title in the WWF is on the line, starting with the WWF Championship. Yokozuna defends his title against the awesome Undertaker. Now, as most of you know, Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette put in the contract a one-time-only clause, and Paul Bear countered. 
with a clause instituting the casket match. You'll see both The Undertaker and Yokozuna later tonight right here on Raw. The Intercontinental title is also on the line in a match I think is going to be a real head knocker, folks. When Razor Ramon defends his title and attempts to regain his gold chains from IRS. I was about to say the Quebecers would be defending their titles against the Hart Brothers, but I guess now they won't. I would imagine the match will still take place. However, no titles will be on the line. Owen and Brett have got to be somewhat disappointed at this latest turn of events. And finally, these two guys have two shots at each other. Ludwig Borga takes on the once-defeated Native American Tatanka one-on-one. Plus, they may see each other in the Royal Rumble itself. Folks, the only way to see this unbelievable night of television is on pay-per-view cable TV. By calling now, you get your best chance of avoiding busy operators. In just under two weeks, Saturday, January 22nd, don't you miss the WWF Royal Rumble. Don't go away because next up right here on Raw, it's the Hellraiser from Helsinki, Ludwig Borga. What's up, WG? It's time to play the game. Catch the watch. All right, this is, uh, this is from uh, Johnny. Vinny, you go first. Hot diggity damn, Hulk. I'm glad you set it off. Don't leave the hype. Be hard, Hulk. Now you done turn soft. Do a telephone commercial by Senior. <laughs> Dancing in tights as a ballerina. Be a man, Hulk. You all along, you had those tendencies. You've been running from Macho like you got a don't disease. Be Please, your paper view event was a joke. Huh. You're avoiding Randy Savage because you don't get smoked. Very good. I have a bad energy. <laughs> be a man, Hulk. Come on, don't be scared. You're running from Macho. That's what I heard. Say what? Take me off the air. Ticking the door, waving the four four. Ticking the door, waving the four four. Ticking the door, waving the four four. Hold your head with top of the door. They call you Hollywood. Don't make me laugh. Your movies and your acting skills are both trash. You're moving straight to video. The box office can't stand. Well, I got myself a future role in Spider Man. Behind man, when I find you, it's on. When I slam you in the dirt, you'll wish you was never born. I smell a coward. Is that you, Hogan? Macho's gonna kick your butt, is the slogan. Get in the butt. That's pretty funny. Wow. Rapping is a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wrestling Federation champion, perhaps of all time, Yokozuna, with his martial arts skills, his sumo skills, can he be defeated by anyone in the WWF today? We'll find out at the Royal Rumble as he faces off with The Undertaker in a matchup by right. Remind everyone that The Undertaker's never lost. Wait a minute. There wasn't a lot going on. Welcome back to the thrilling conclusion. Well, that's true. There wasn't a lot going on. So, here is the thrilling conclusion. Let's talk about our jobbers then. I feel like IRS has to be my jobber, Mr. Beverly Hills, (laughs) because he got that cake smashed into his face. My jobber is Ray Hudson because he couldn't even get up for the choke slam. My main event set of stars had to be... Actually, screw both of them. My main event set of stars has to be one, two, three, kid. Because he's a skinny 22-year-old kid, punk, and he wins a tag team title for a week. <laughs> See, fair enough. You know, I went with Marty Jannetty. I thought he looked really strong uh, throughout. He His hot tag was tremendous, and he got away with blatantly interfering and running right across the ring and fair stopping uh, the Quebecers. So fair, fair enough. You, If you can milk the rules like that, you are my favorite <laughs> vet star. And as uh, I've noticed, noted during the show, I really like Macho Man on the color booth. You know, As you guys heard with last week with me, added in some uh, one-liners from Johnny Polo. I liked some of the one-liners from Macho Man. <laughs> Don't have sour grapes. Don't have sour grapes? Awesome. Good night. <laughs> it was nice to have Macho back for one, one episode. Right and McMahon also did tell us who the color guy will be for next week on Raw. Did you catch who it was? Yes, Crush. Kona Crush bra. <laughs> and like we mentioned before, I think it was last week, about Bash and Booger, I'm not looking forward to Kona Crush bra being on the color booth. 
Because this was after his after he turned heel on the Macho. Yeah. When uh, what was it like a couple weeks? Uh, well, sometime to kind of talk about the yeah. Crush storyline over the summer of '93. Yoko's in a pretty squash him. Macho was a the announcer. Macho wasn't able to be in the ring for whatever reason. He was. Oh yeah. Then Macho couldn't defend him, and Crush was PO'd. So when Crush came back, was fully recovered. Macho, yeah. yeah, he beat up Macho so that you never called me. When I was recovering, you didn't save me you when you me. didn't save me when I was being beat up by Yokozuna. There's only one person that did. It was Mr. Fuji. <laughs> so I, we gotta give Mr. Fuji something about that. Besides waving the flag, well, Hawaii is kind of close to Japan, so me, you're gonna hate this, but Macho Man Pearl Harbor oh, Crush. No, he, I didn't like that. I totally agree with Crush. If I get Pearl Harbor by I, Macho I, Man, I don't, I don't like. Where I don't blame no, Crush for. I don't, I don't, like I don't blame Crush. I don't like Whatever. So we also get into the plugs of the podcast. Let's. I, I'm not laughing. Let's yeah. talk more plugs. You guys can talk talk to us. Besides talking to us, you guys can listen to us on three different platforms: MidEventStatus.com, MidEventStatus.com. You guys can listen to us also on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash main event status radio. Again, that's SoundCloud.com slash main event status radio, Mr. Beverly Hills. And we know you listen to on iTunes. Tell us about this iTunes platform. Go to your iTunes store and download us. Uh, look it up. Just search main event status radio and uh, rate, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell your girlfriend. Boyfriend, tell your main squeeze, tell your Mr. Fuji manager, dude. <laughs> yep. When he's waving the put down the flag and putting the earbuds and put up the flag again. Yeah, and then you can you can continue doing your flag thing. Just do it while listening to the tell tell your tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread the event status radio. Spread across the nation. Across the globe. Across the universe. You guys can interact with us when you guys it's are doing across the universe. Got sour grapes. <laughs> Might as well talk to us on social platforms. Don't tell us about your sour grapes. Tell us good night <laughs> on, <laughs> on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio. Like us there. Interact with us. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio. And Mr. Beverly Hills, how can they interact with you on the Twitter machine? Oh man, I'm at Beverly Hills MES. For me, it's on Twitter at Dirty Dog MES, and that's dog as in D A W G at Dirty Dog MES. Mr. Beverly Hills, do you have any final thoughts or memories for this Richmond Coliseum Monday Night Raw? Yes, I have no comments or anything on this one. So this was a fun 47th episode of Monday Night Raw. I'm from January 10th, 1994. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I'm the Dirty Dog Darcy. Good night, main adventures! Oh, come on, that's what I was going to say. Sour grapes! <laughs> come on! Shame to cry, ooh, baby. Here I am, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours, ooh, yeah. I wear a 
said goodbye And now I'm back And now they see me cry more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good. Oh, I forgot about it. Say good night.